Hello, guests. I'm here, Judy, here、uh, with another podcast for a cup of tea.、Um, today, I have a very special guest.、Uh, his name is David, and、um, we actually have a cup of tea today. David, what do we have? We have a tea called peppermint infusion from Sainsbury's. What is Sainsbury、uh, for the、uh, U.S. listeners? All right, so Sainsbury's is one of the major grocery store chains here in the UK.、Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like Safeway. For those living in California, yeah,、um, um, or Loblaws for those living in Canada. <laughs>、um, yeah, so David, yeah.、Um, David went to uh, college uh, in California and masters in Cali, but、um, he's actually from Canada. Yeah, so I'm、are、from I'm from Toronto. Are you a true Toronto? Yeah, I am. I'm up to six. <laughs> I was cheering. I was I was staying up late when the Toronto Raptors were playing in the playoffs last year, and I watched them. For all the finals, okay, and some of the semifinals as well,、mm. and、uh, yeah, they won last year. So、uh, shout out to the Toronto Raptors for winning. Yes,、um, David is a it made it made all my late nights staying up in the <laughs> MCR with a few of my friends worth it.、Mm, yeah, so MC- it was stupidly early. I think it was like two a.m. in the morning. Two a.m. I was watching basketball. Oh yeah, yeah. So with,、uh, uh, sometimes,、uh-huh. yeah, with a few friends. Yes.、Um, so David, he、uh, he's a Kibo student、um, in Oxford Uni.、Um, he studies material science,、uh, engineering, as a PhD student in his second year. Yep. How yep. do you like it so far?、Um, so it's it's very different. The education structure here, at least at Oxford, it's very different from what I've experienced in the past. Yeah. And what my friends have experienced in the past as well.、Um, so how. It works is that well how a PhD works is that you are given a research topic、um, like a a research proposal that you have to submit and with this research proposal you're expected to at least carry out <laughs> the research that you propose throughout the duration of your PhD. Obviously things happen like、um, you know. Maybe the idea turns out to be harder than you、mm-hmm. wanted, or maybe it might be too easy, and、yeah. it might be work. It might require more work for you to produce some scientific impact. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But once you submit your research proposal, and、uh, you have a general idea of what you're going to do, then you just carry that out for. Here at Oxford, it's a bit shorter than the U.S. and Canada. Yeah, at Oxford, it takes three to four years. Three, okay.、Um, whereas in the U.S., it normally takes five、mm. for engineering. So、uh, what what are your plans after a PhD? Yeah, I don't really know yet for sure, but one of the things I'm toying around with is becoming an academic. Oh, cool! I think I kind of like teaching after to, after、Canada. trying it. Yeah, back to Canada or the U.S. <laughs> or wherever, wherever I can get a job, really, because becoming an academic nowadays is getting harder and harder. Definitely. There's just a surplus of PhDs, but、uh, I'll worry about that in two, two years when I graduate. Yeah, talking about teaching,、uh, David is also a tutor、um, for undergrads here. Yeah, so I at the moment I am a TA for thermodynamics, and I teach third year undergrads. Is there a lot of commitment every week? Um, so the way the teaching structure here works, it isn't a lot of commitment. Okay. So, for, so for this entire academic year, I have to teach four separate lessons. 
Okay. But oh. I have to teach each of those four separate lessons three times to three different groups of students. Oh, I see. I see. Um, so it's not every week that I have to teach, but for example, this this trimester, this term. Mm -hmm. So at Oxford, it's kind of like trimesters where right. there, there are three terms. Um, this term I'm teaching, I taught twice already. Mm, and that's all I have to teach with this term. Okay. And then next term I have to teach twice again. And then third term I don't teach anything. I eventually I grade their exams. Oh. Okay. But I don't have to teach anything. So it's kind of like um it it's kind of like comes and goes, so you can get really busy when you have to teach because you have to balance that on top of everything else you have to do. Yeah. Um David yeah. has like other responsibilities. You're also really involved in rowing, right? Yeah, so at the moment I am rowing with the Oxford lightweight men the varsity rowing team here mm. um just carrying on from my rowing career in undergrad oh you also rode in college yeah so um i also wrote rode um at uc berkeley for the lightweight men as well during my undergrad cool um yeah yeah rowing is super big um uh, at least oxford and cambridge yeah it's super big here at oxford and cambridge compared to the u.s okay because here it's very accessible yeah, yeah. It's very accessible to everyone who, well, I should rephrase that. It's very accessible to everybody at Oxford and Cambridge. <laughs> Unf well, it's, it's, it's just it's not, Oxford and Cambridge it's, it's just like it's, it's just like an Oxford and Cambridge tradition, kind of. Cause, yeah, um, I just thought it was like a more like a UK thing, but I really realized it's only uh, Oxford it's just, and Cambridge It's thing. mostly Oxford and Cambridge. And I think UK in general, it, it's more popular than in the US. Because in the US, there are a ton of other sports, such as American football and basketball that mm -hmm. also take precedence mm -hmm. and the soccer here, yeah oh, the American football, right? yeah um and here in the uk there's no soccer well uh, sorry there's no american football <laughs> there is football there is football um and there's no the basketball is not as big as well um they're also really into uh, the, the crow thing what is the thing cricket the cricket yes, yes they're also into cricket and rugby here okay so cricket. sports are different but for me, it was a pretty easy transition because rowing is kind of the same anywhere you go. Mm, it's mm. the same. It's the same thing. Yeah, and um, really. it's a it's a lot of time, right? So you go every morning to practice at like five. Yeah, well, normally we go a lot a lot of mornings, but also a lot of afternoons as well. Oh yeah, so yeah. twice a day. Uh, sometimes twice a day, sometimes once a day. Usually a week, there are 10 sessions. Oh, wow. So you can just divide that up. Yeah, yeah. you guys see, this is a lot of commitment. Uh, all voluntary-based. Uh, yeah, so um, obviously I'm I'm a student, it. so I'm not getting paid for It's very passionate about this, like getting up like twice a day. I mean, like, even like every single day commitment and like twice a day sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, it's also actually very fun. It gives oh, you yeah? something to do. It gives you more of a purpose. Mm. It gives you a good balance, actually, between work and something else mm -hmm. i always tend to be that i always find that to be very useful really you have your work commitment but you also have something else that you're really passionate about on the side yeah and that yeah. usually gets you through the day because mm. you can't always work go with them here yeah and because you can't always work and you can't always have fun yes it's Other, a balance uh, between the otherwise you just become a degenerate or something but yeah you just have to find a balance between things and i think rowing works out pretty well cool yeah with my research day-to-day -day research yeah, um, I think aside from rowing, um, another thing I found really interesting about David is that he does eating contests, right? Can you yeah, tell me more so about that, that? that kind of stemmed from rowing back in my undergrad. So um, yeah, with lightweight rowing in particular, you have to make weight. 
and I was just generally a bit heavier than the weight limit. So every time I went to race, I had to cut a bit. And this cutting, it's mostly water, but with water, you also have to watch your diet a bit to make sure you don't retain any salt. And you also have to track your calories and, you know, make sure you don't eat too much. You have to make sure that the energy you eat, sorry, the food you eat isn't converted to stored energy. Oh, yeah. Because that's converted to lipids. Yeah. Carbohydrates. Sorry, maybe I'm just going too much into (laughs) energy balances because I'm teaching thermodynamics. But essentially, energy in has to be equal to energy out. Otherwise, if you get accumulation, you get fat. Thermodynamics law. So back to rowing, lightweight rowing in particular, you always have to watch your energy expenditure. Okay. Um, And this kind of came with periods of eating a lot of food and I think I figured out that I could eat a lot of food mm, mm, uh, that's maybe because awesome. I was starving a lot but um, yeah I kind of figured out that hey maybe I should give competitive eating a try when I retire from rowing and I kind of just retired during the one year I did my master's so I gave that a shot and uh, yeah I figured out that I was uh, well I mean I, I was crap compared to the great legends of competitive eating, but I mean, I still gave it a go and I uh, made a YouTube channel as yeah, all a great YouTube channel, guys. competitive eaters. What do. is the YouTube channel called? Um, it's called The Fat Lightweight. The Fat Lightweight. No um, spaces. Baby, yeah, on uh, YouTube, if yeah. you're interested. <laughs> I it's, looked a lot of them, actually. It's kind of inactive right now. I haven't <laughs> been doing many eating contests since I got back into rowing at Oxford. But um, if there's the occasional one or two eating contests that are out there, I'd probably give it a shot. Yeah. yeah. So uh, their most recent one was in London, the dumplings. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, last summer in London, I participated in a rice dumpling speed eating contest. Nice. And because it was a speeding speed eating contest, the goal was to eat it fast and not a lot of quantity. Oh, okay. So that's one of the things that would be more okay for me to do, because so, it's so all about eating, eating fast versus eating a lot. Yeah. So eating fast, obviously, there's a bigger risk of choking. Oh, okay. But um, it's I guess more appropriate it's more it's easier to burn off what you eat when you're eating fast because you generally eat less if you eat fast oh really um, but yeah so. I guess yeah because our stomach takes time to digest like how much food you're eating if you're eating slow well yeah it's, it's more just like oh if you're eating if you're if you have if you have a speed eating competition yeah the quantity of food that they make you eat is generally like not that much so oh, I, okay. I finished the rice dumpling rice dumpling in about just over a minute. Wow. I forgot the time, but... Um, How many of them, again? It was one. It was one rice... It was like, I think a kilo of rice dumplings. Okay. So that's 2.2 pounds for those in America and Canada. Um, so I finished that in just over a minute. And uh, yeah, I got a prize. I, I, won, I won 50 pounds. 50 pounds. Yeah. Pounds, 50 pounds. Did won, you pay to go into the contest? No, no, it was free. It's free. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that was good. I won 50 pounds in... Uh, Actually, food vouchers. Oh, food vouchers. So I can buy more food that I haven't used yet because I never go to London, apparently. Oh, so you haven't used the vouchers that you won from last year. Yeah, that I won from last year. but Well, no, actually, no, this year in the summer. Oh, it was this summer? Yeah, it was the summer. Okay. 20, 2019 summer. I it felt see. like last year. It was, seemed like so long ago, but yeah, I guess, no, I guess yeah, time I think, flies. If you're I fun. think in Oxford, it's like one day feels like a lot, and then you look back, it's like, wow. Yeah, that I mean, is my experience here. It's been like that. Yeah, I mean, like, you're leaving after this. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. Like, two more weeks and I'm leaving, like, Oxford. And I feel like, I think September was really slow. Really? And then October and November picked up. 
Oh, yeah, because September, school hasn't really started. That's probably why, yeah. I think. Whereas I mean, schools I in the U.S. Here. start in, right. like, so, August. And also, I think, like, the first two or three weeks, everything was just really, really new. And everything is still new, kind of, um, getting more adjusted to it. But I think Yeah, it definitely takes a while. Happens. To be honest, I've been here for just over a year, and I don't think I've Oh, been, really? Yeah, okay, I don't think yeah. I've fully adjusted to everything yet. Yeah, it's still still I'm definitely things. more adjusted than what I when I got here, but it takes a while. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, Lastly, well, I want to actually not last country, but another interesting thing about David is that he's the moderator of the SAT group on Facebook. Yeah, so he, uh, um, filters what the means gets passed through. Yeah, really cool. There's yes. only twenty people in the group, right? Well, moderators we have like moderators and admins. We have around forty. Oh, is it forty? Yeah, that's still but, not. That's still not in, a lot. But in in the Facebook meme page, there are one point six million. Yeah, 1.6 million followers. Quite a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. All, all my friends who are Asian are in it, pretty <laughs> much. Um, I actually was invited to the group around, yeah, almost a year ago. Oh, almost a year ago. Um, or maybe just over a year, I forget. But it was around this time. But I actually was invited by my brother. We found out it through it um, through his friend circles. And... Um, yeah, he invited me to it, and then I started inviting all my friends, and they had a great time looking at all the memes because uh, it was definitely something that I wish I had when I was a bit younger. Because mm. um, this Facebook page was started by a group of Australian, oh, was it really uh, high school students who were all really? in Chinese school? I didn't know that. Yeah, it was started in Australia actually. Yeah, because like when I joined, it was like still relatively new. Yeah, when did you join? At least a year and a half ago, when they didn't even not even reach like a hundred k. Oh wow! You probably joined more than me. I, before, I think I joined before, earlier before than you. Yeah. Than, sorry, you probably joined before I did. Yeah, it grew like rapidly fast, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's really fun. Yeah. I mean, uh, so as a moderator, what I do is I have to approve posts or decline them. Because mm-hmm. the way it works is that members of the group they submit their memes to, uh, I guess, the moderator team or the admin team, and then we as moderators we have to filter through them. Mm-hmm. So obviously we filter through the ones that are racist or homophobic or politically sensitive and we only approve the ones that are original um they're related they have some sort of asian related content and um they're just generally just generally the good memes um so yeah it's kind of rewarding because you always get to see what the latest memes are does it like, with the, time, with the so. Asian traits, like, does it, like, further reinforce, like, stereotypes of, like, Asians? Um, like, how do you feel about that? I think it does. <laughs> I mean, it's funny to look at and stuff. I just, yeah, no, I think it does, but it's just something that we should embrace and feel happy about. Mm-hmm. Like, the things that we do, it's unique to our ethnic group. Okay. Unique to our culture. It's what defines us, so I don't think we should take whatever we do as something that should be ashamed of, I think we should just embrace it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like very positive. I like yeah, that. so that's cool. my view on it. So Yeah, yeah. Um, David is very cool. He's like a moderator in the SAT group where everybody looks at Facebook. So next yeah. time, and also he has a couple memes if people are interested, just like on the Facebook, yeah, type his name. They're, yeah, they're posted, very, they're ancient now, but yeah, they're, they're <laughs> but, still up there somewhere. Like there, there's like 10k, 15k, 15k was the most. That that was really cool. Yeah, um, I think it was around 18k where I posted uh, something about Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm. Like, which one do you like better, Blue Eyes White Dragon or Dark Magician? Definitely the um, the dragon. Yeah, I like the dragon too. It turns out that the ratio 
is around two to one. So for every one vote the magician gets, the blue eyes white dragon gets two. Cool. Um, so before we end this podcast, um, I'm curious, Alan David, uh, if I ask you if you would give a wisdom to our podcast listeners right now at this stage of your life, what would you want to talk about? What would you want to share with the world that you want you wish people have known by right now? Yeah, so one piece of wisdom that I would like to give to everybody is to take risks. Take risks? Yes. Oh, wow. Get out of your comfort zone. If you see an opportunity, seize it. Yeah? Just jump on it. Like, <laughs> if, if I had not taken the risks that I have taken, I would have not, I would have not been at Oxford. Because really? Because originally, I was, after my master's, I was looking for jobs. Oh, really? Um, oh. As anyone who's about to graduate would Definitely. most likely do. Yeah. And I hadn't really thought about doing a PhD, although my master's was research-focused. I wanted to maybe work a little bit before applying again, because yeah. I was not in a position to apply for a PhD. My marks weren't particularly great, and I hadn't done the GRE, which is kind of like the SAT, but yeah, for grad school. But it so happens that I got this email from my department advertising this PhD opportunity here oh, at Oxford. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> and even though I had not done any, like, thought, I hadn't thought about applying to grad school immediately i just jumped on the opportunity i applied i had a couple of interviews i thought they went terrible i don't even know how i got the second one <laughs> um but yeah had i not actually applied and submitted my resume and mm. personal statement i would have not been here and if i had not checked my email yeah, no, I think like, that's, um, that was kind of like one of your one of your spam emails that normally goes to yeah. junk. Opportunities are really interesting all the time. Just like not expecting, sometimes you kind of just see it. You're like, oh, okay, why not apply, kind of thing. Yeah, and um, same thing with rowing. Yeah. I started rowing back uh, at Berkeley when I was the first year, when I was a freshman, and I just thought it'd be something that was would be really fun for me to do because originally I was going to play ping pong, <laughs> but everyone was just crazy good because berkeley had a lot of asians oh of course and i was trash compared to everybody so i wanted to do something else so I did rowing and um yeah it was something that was completely new to me i took a big risk mm. and it's something that i have grown to love and like that, that, I, that i still continue to do yeah on a very um, daily basis on a very indeed as judy said a very daily basis so the number one thing is to take risks. Just go out there and just do something that you would do something that you would have second doubts. Oh, that's oh, that's that's courageous as heck. Yeah. Like living if, like if, if if you don't want to do it, you should do it. Oh, that's like I'm thinking perhaps to like apply to Oxford for master actually. Yeah, no, you should fall. do it. Because I'm thinking if I want to graduate and then go to dental school directly, or I can take a gap year and then be here. Yeah, no, you should definitely come back. That, I mean, now, me. <laughs> now that you have had a taste of what Oxford is yeah, like. Yeah, it scares me that like about this decision, but maybe I'll just apply and see what happens. Yeah, just apply and see what happens. You never know. I, I mean, I, I didn't think I'd get... Heck, I didn't even tell my parents that I was applying. Yeah? I only told them after I got in. Yeah, yeah, okay, maybe and, this is my game plan. And to be honest, <laughs> I, I didn't tell anybody that I was applying to Oxford. Except the, my, one of my roommates, Andrew, um, he just saw me applying and asked, 
and he was the only one who knew about it during the interviews and stuff because he was the only one in the room when, when I was actually applying and stuff but nobody none of my friends other than my roommate nobody in my family nobody me, knew me a month <laughs> nobody knew that I was applying this, this was also quite late so I was applying in April oh wow that's quite late yeah it's really late you're like I'm almost about to graduate and yeah, I yeah, still yeah. didn't have a job oh so okay. I, I was kind of like in desperation mode I see. I see. Uh, but no, everything tur- turned out to be fine. I mean, I passed my transfer, which is kind of like your quals. I'm <laughs> doing okay. Doing well. Doing well here. I'm doing okay. Yes. Okay, awesome. So uh, yes, take uh, risks. Take risks, guys. Uh, a wisdom from David. If you have self doubts, just do it. It has inspired me to take risks. Yeah. <laughs> do the skill that scares you. That's the most interesting part, yeah? Yeah. Okay, uh, thank you everybody for listening today. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed our lovely evening with David. Uh, thank you, Judy, for having me as your second guest. It is thank you a so very much. Huge honor. Yeah, it was lovely to have you. <laughs> Bye, friends. Good night. <laughs>